Hello, and welcome to Books by Old Dead Guys, episode 12. I'm David. I'm Scott. And you're listening to Books by Old Dead Guys. So we are currently moving through the uh, book by an old dead guy, which is called The Valley of Vision. It's a collection of Puritan prayers and devotions. Yep. Uh, And so we've just kind of been picking a few of our favorites, a few of the ones that stick out to us, uh, and just kind of reading through them and talking about them. So uh, today, for this episode, we're going to be reading uh, the one that's entitled Contentment. So if if you have a copy of the book, mine is on page 161. What page is yours on, Scott? Mine's on 163. 163. So we're in the same section we were in before. Mm -hmm. And you said, how many down? Hold on. We're actually just like, you flip one page to the right, and there it is. Yeah, just take a right from faith. Yeah. Yeah. And well, that's an interesting statement. Take a right from <laughs> But yeah, if you're if you're just jumping in with us on episode 12, first of all, go back and, and listen to the previous episodes, especially 10 and 11. But uh, but also you can find uh, contentment under the gifts of grace in the table of contents, the major section gifts of grace and then uh, go down to contentment and here we are. And so this prayer uh, starts like this, Heavenly Father, which I think is so, we don't normally stop right after the first little bit, but I think it's so telling. <laughs> <ahead>. You're good. <laughs> it's so telling that he starts this Heavenly Father mm-hmm. in talking about contentment. Mm-hmm. Because, man, if, the, if there's anything in my life that, that inspires me to be more content, it's dwelling on the fact that God provides and I think one of the greatest pictures we have of God providing is him as a father providing for his children a heavenly father caring for his children and so he starts heavenly father if I should suffer need and go unclothed and be in poverty make my heart prize thy love know it be constrained by it though I be denied all blessings. It is thy mercy to afflict and try me with wants, for by these trials I see my sins and desire severance from them. Oh my gosh, he just said a ton. In in that little uh, two sentences, my man just laid down a ton of stuff. First of all, if I should suffer need, go unclothed, be in poverty, though I be denied all blessings. He's describing being, having everything taken from him. This is what he wants. Yep. Make my heart prize thy love. Mm. Know it. Be constrained by it. Make my heart love your love. Make my heart know your love. Make my heart be constrained and, and hemmed in and, and, and you know, fettered, you know, handcuffed to your love. Yeah. May, I never, may I not be able to do anything but prize and know your love. So I think about Habakkuk, and that's what I just turned to. Um, Habakkuk at the end of chapter 3 verse 17 after God has shown him his plan to destroy Israel via the Babylonians 
Habakkuk's prayer says, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. So this is exactly, you know, everything is taken away. Right? Everything is gone. And Habakkuk says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Yeah. 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 And then he, he goes on. It is thy mercy to afflict and try me with want. Dude, that sentence. So he, he, he says, I am being afflicted and tried with wants by God, and that is an act of his mercy. mercy. And then he explains why. For by these trials I see my sins and desire severance from them. Break that down for me, David. What's he saying there? That in the midst of trial, in the midst of tribulation, in the midst of having all of this taken away from him, it allows him to see more clearly the sin in his own life. Mm. Whether that be uh, greed, whether that be covetousness, whether that be idolatry, whether that be whatever, name it. It allows him to see more clearly the sin in his own life. And when he... When his heart prizes the love of God, when his heart knows the love of God and is constrained by the love of God, he desires to be separated mm. from his sin. He mm. desires to put, put that sin to death, mm. desires to kill that sin in his life. Mm. And he calls that, he says, that is mercy. Mm. That is the Lord's mercy that these trials and afflictions are given to me in order that I might kill sin in my own life. That is the mercy of the Lord. So do you think it would be a fair statement to kind of package this in a more modern language? Say something along the lines of, think of that thing that you really want and you don't have, and then follow that up with the sentence, it's God's mercy that you don't have it. Mm. Because either God has not seen fit to give it to you, or God has taken it away from you. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Could live your whole life in that sentence. Oh, man. But, I mean, we're, we're not even halfway through this like prayer. six lines in. Yeah. So let me, <laughs> I'll continue. Let me willingly accept misery, sorrows, temptations, if I can thereby feel sin as the greatest evil. Wow. And be delivered from it with gratitude to thee, acknowledging this as the highest testimony of thy love. Oh, man. So I don't intend to keep stopping, but I just can't keep going. No, you I mean, keep stopping. let me willingly accept misery, sorrows, and temptations. Man, you know what you know what I find really hard to willingly accept? Misery, sorrow, and temptation. Mi- misery, <laughs> sorrows, and temptation. Man, I find it really oh, hard man. to willingly accept those. But but the author here looks at those miseries, sorrows, and temptations and says, By these I feel sin is the greatest evil. By these, I understand how truly evil and wicked my sin is, and I'm delivered from it with gratitude to you, Lord, knowing that this is the highest testimony of your love, the highest 
highest example of God's love for you is being delivered from sin. Sin. Being delivered from sin. Not being delivered from affliction. No. Not being delivered from discomfort. Not even being delivered from hell. Not being, and this is where it gets really controversial, not being delivered from poverty. Being delivered from sin yeah. is God's greatest example of love to you, Christian. And you said it. Not even being delivered from hell. But being being delivered, delivered from sin. sin. Yeah. Mm, mm, it's good. All right. He continues, When thy son Jesus came into my soul instead of sin, he became more dear to me than sin had formerly been. His kindly rule replaced sin's tyranny. Teach me to believe that if ever I would have any sin subdued, I must not only labor to overcome it, but but must invite Christ to abide in the place of it. Mm. And he must become to me more than vile lust had been that his sweetness, power, life may be there. Thus I must seek a grace from him contrary to sin, but must not claim it apart from himself. Okay, so he just said a ton <laughs> about killing sin. I was just about to say, it's like a practical manual. We talk all this stuff about killing sin. How do you do that, David? Tell me. How well, do you kill sin? According to the Valley of Vision... <laughs> The way that you kill sin is by making Jesus more dear to you than the sin is. That Jesus comes into your soul and his kindly rule replaces sin's tyranny. That means that you submit to Jesus instead of submitting to sin's tyranny over your life. You you submit to him as Lord over your life and, and then... You teach yourself to believe. Man, that's, oh, that's such a great phrase. Mm -hmm. Teach me to believe. Mm -hmm. He's asking the Lord to teach him to believe that if ever I would have any sin subdued. So, Christian, if you you want victory over sin in your life, this is is what he has to say about that. Yeah. I must not only labor to overcome it. Yeah, so not just white-knuckle obedience. Yeah, not just trying harder. That's he. He says, "I must not only." So there is labor for sure. There is labor involved in overcoming sin, but he said, "I must not only labor to overcome it, but also I must invite Christ to abide in the place of it, mm-hmm. and He must become to me more than vile lust had been." He mean what he means by that is, I have to love Christ more than I love my sin. Yeah, I have to. I have to love Christ more than I love this vile lust in my life. I have to let Christ abide in the place where that sin abided. That his sweetness and power and life may be there. Yeah, when we talk about when I do addiction counseling, we do addiction ministry, I I often say uh, the person struggling with addiction, and that can be anything, that could be Internet pornography could be food, it could be drugs, it could be alcohol. Almost everyone that I've ever met, and I think that the testimony of the scriptures would say that everyone that I've ever met who's wrestled with addiction is always looking for one of two things. They're either looking for joy or they're looking for peace. 
And what this writer is telling you is there's only one place that either of those two things can be found, and that's in Jesus. In Christ, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Dude, that'll preach. That makes me want to stand up and shout. I'm not even going to lie to you, man. Just yeah. that kindly rule replaced sin's tyranny. Like, that's oh, oh. the gospel right there. Yeah. Oh, all right, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Keep no, going. No, no, you're Great good. Job. When I am afraid of evils to come, comfort me by showing me that in myself I am a dying, condemned wretch. But in Christ I am reconciled and live. Amen. That in myself I find insufficiency and no rest, but in Christ there is satisfaction and peace. Hallelujah. That in myself I am feeble and unable to do good, but in Christ I have ability to do all things. <laughs> Though now I have these gra- his graces in part, shall I, sh- I shall shortly have them perfectly in that state where thou wilt show thyself fully reconciled and alone sufficient, efficient, loving me completely with sin abolished. Mm. O Lord, hasten that day. Mm. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. So what, mm. oh, so what he's talking about there is he's, he's, when I'm afraid of evils to come. When I'm afraid, when I'm, when I'm terrified of the circumstances of my life, when, when I have that anxiety welling up against me, when I, when I have that fear of what's, what could happen, what's going to happen, when I'm afraid of evils to come, comfort me by showing me. Show me this, that in myself I am a dying, condemned wretch that I have nothing but death. I deserve death. I deserve to be condemned, but in Christ I am reconciled and live. That Christ has given me life. He has reconciled me to the Father, and in Him I have life. He says, show me that in myself I find insufficiency and no rest. So if you're if you're afraid, if you're anxious that you're not going to be enough, you, you're not. The writer here says you're not. Be anxious no more. Yeah, you <laughs> you you find insufficiency. You find no rest in yourself because right. I mean, we all we all know it's true that there is never going to come a day where all of our work is done. Right. There's never going to come a day where we can just not work and just just re- recreate just have fun and play around for all of our days that that, ne- that day never comes mm. that day never comes mm. and so he says i find in myself i find insufficiency and no rest but in christ there is satisfaction and peace in myself i am feeble and unable to do good but in christ i have ability to do all things so what, what's he getting out there man i all that all that I need, I find in Christ. All that I need, I find in Christ. When I look to myself, I find nothing. I find less than nothing. I find insufficiency and, and no rest and feebleness and, and just the inability to do good. All that I do is just poor and bad and wicked. Mm. But in Christ, I have the ability 
to do these things. You know, and he, and he kind of, in a roundabout sort of way, he helps us diagnose the sources of our discontentment, right? Yeah. Like if you look at each of these things, right? When I'm afraid of evils to come, number one, right? A whole lot of our discontentment comes from an uncertain future. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't know what's quite coming. Then he says, show me that in myself, I'm a dying condemned wretch. In other words, I may be discontent because I feel like I can't do good enough. Oh, yeah. Oh, because I can't, I can't do, good, do enough. good enough. Yeah, but, yeah. but Christ can you know, that in myself, I find insufficiency and no rest. You know, so much of our discontentment is if only I had a little bit more. more. If only I had a little bit longer weekend. If only I had a little bit more free time. If only I had, because I'm so tired and I feel like I don't get enough rest. And you're, there, is, there is no rest to be found in this world apart from Christ. I think about Augustine's quote, our hearts are restless until we find our rest in thee, O Lord. Mm. Yeah, and so, so, and then I'm, I'm feeble and unable to do good. So I feel weak because I feel weak and find myself discontented. Like, he probably hit 80% or more of the sources of discontentment that we have in this world. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there are very few worries in life that don't stem from one of one the of things, those four things that he just listed. Yeah, absolutely. And he says that all of the solution to all of that is found in Christ. Yeah. And then he says, though now I have his graces in part. So he's just talked about, he's just talked about how he finds all of that, all of the solution to that in Christ. And then he says, now in this life, I have these graces in part. Now I I experience only, only a part of what Christ has for me. He says, I shall shortly have them perfectly. Mm. So one, one day he will have everything. You know, we, we, hear, it, we hear it described as seeing, we, now we see in a mirror dimly, dimly. but it's we exactly will see face to face. Yeah, that's so good. It's exactly what ah, I was just thinking. Yeah. Where thou wilt show thyself fully reconciled. Mm. And alone sufficient, efficient, loving me completely with sin abolished. He says, on that day, I will be completely reconciled to God. That everything that I need will be there. And God will love me. God does love me completely. I will be completely in that love with sin abolished that sin and death will be no more. And he, he ends the only way you can end. Oh, Lord, hasten that day. Yep. Hasten that day. I mean, just like, just like the end of the book of Revelation, come quickly, quickly Lord, Lord Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, I even think Paul in Philippians, right? Like, to live as Christ, to, to die, die as gain. gain. You know, to, to be with Christ is far better, what he ends up with. Or... Or even Philippians 4, you know, the most overquoted and misapplied verse in the entire Bible, maybe, other than judge not lest you be judged, is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But man, what Paul's talking about that, he's talking about living in poverty and being in prison and being content in whatever circumstance he's in. And how can he do that? And this prayer teaches you how. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, another great reason to love the Valley of Vision. Man, well done, David. That was great. I appreciate that. That was awesome. Yeah, so 
So we'll put in the show notes. Uh, if you'd like to pick up a copy of this and do it with us, we'll probably do two or three more of these before we head back into Baxter. I'm, I'm having a good time doing them. Yeah, so I, I agree. We'll stick around here for a little while. Uh, but we will, um, we will catch you again next time. Friends, thank you for listening. Again, if you would, uh, we're on various different, uh, however you found us, uh, whatever podcast media you use to find us, if you would just share that, if you'd like it, and share it with other people. Uh, so that so that we can just have a, a, a bigger community of folks reading this stuff together. It's just good stuff. It's why we spend time doing this is uh, new does not always equal best. Mm-hmm. And books like this, uh, especially language like this, it forces you to slow down a little bit and think about what the writer's saying. So thanks for listening. Thanks, David, for, uh, for breaking that down for us. Well done. We will see you again next time, friends. Take care. Goodbye. <laughs>